0: Good morning, New Hope Community Church. If we can all start making our way back to our seats so that we can step into the presence of God this morning. How is everybody doing this morning? Can we give a shout to our Father this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up today and getting us here to hear word that we all need today, Father. So, before we get started this morning, we got a few announcements. A few announcements. Monday, as always, we have our celebrate recovery. Seven o'clock it starts. Monday at seven o'clock, this is anybody struggling with anything, any problems, any fears, any hurts, any anything that's holding them bondage and the captives that you can't let go. This is for you. So every every Monday, celebrate recovery. We also have our uh, Wednesday night Bible studies. Seven o'clock, the message will be will, our pastor will be speaking today. So if you guys have any questions of like any Anything that needs to go on or any questions about what he spoke about today, this is for you. This is for anybody, actually, if you just want to learn the word, just to, to, to fellowship and just, and just get connected. Bible study? Whoa. Wednesday? That's Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday. Then we have our Friday night live. We have our Friday night live service on Friday. Friday starts at 7. This is a complete different message that our pastor will be speaking and it's to enlighten you in your days of, of, of whatever you're going through. So I, 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 I really like these services on it. It gives me a boost of charge during the week. You know, when, when, when you're waiting for Sunday, you know, when you're just waiting for Sunday. There's no Bible study this week? No, that's the Passover seders? That's next Wednesday. There is Bible study this week. Yes, so there is Bible study this week. But back to our Friday night live services for everybody who needs something. The Passover Seder is Wednesday, April 5th. Wednesday, April 5th. So if you wanna be a part of that, Nancy in the corner, she's heading every single thing. Wednesday, April 5th is the Passover Seder and we will not be having Bible study that, that day. And this Saturday we have practice at, at four and it's mandatory. So anybody who's in the play for our Easter program, this Saturday we have practice at four. At four, it is mandatory. Bring your, your clothes that you're wearing to, to, uh, to practice in the play. We're gonna do a dress rehearsal and everything like that. So it's mandatory. So please, please, please bring your kids who are being a part of the play. Whew. That was a lot. <laughs> Can we all stand? And get excited and start giving our all to our Father this morning, right? I'm excited this morning. I'm excited because I know our God is going to do things in our lives that we want him to do. But we got to turn over ourselves. We got to turn over ourselves. We got to give up ourselves. We got to give up ourselves. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in this building this morning, Father. And I ask that you just empty us right now, Lord. Empty us right now, Father, so that we can gain what you have for us this morning, Lord. Take away what we are holding captive to ourselves, Father, so that we can be empty. We want nothing but you, Lord. We want nothing but you. We don't want no drama. We don't want no struggle. We don't want no pain. We don't want no hurt. We want nothing but you. So take away whatever we're feeling right now, Lord, and allow us to bend the knee to you right now, Father, so that we can gain what you have for us this morning. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. amen.
1: Jesus' blood. this alone. Dressed in Is all creation groaning, is a new creation
2: coming,
1: is the glory of the Lord to be, to light with Cells will Is anyone? easy word.
3: 6 God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble therefore we will not fear even though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea though its waters roar and be troubled though the mountains shake with its swelling there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Lord, we just come here tonight to make a, today, I'm sorry, to make a declaration, Lord, that you are our refuge. You are our trust, Lord God. We will not grow weary. When we are heavy, we will not give up, Lord. We will do something. We will press into you, Lord. We will not walk, Lord, with offense. We will not walk with anger, Lord God. We will come to you gladly because there is a stream. There is a promise, Lord, from the Father. We can receive the Holy Spirit. We can receive fullness of joy. And Lord we come to receive to you from you today God with open hands Lord with open hands Amen.
1: Judah.
4: Bring fire to my soul bow down to the God of wisdom, to the Prince of Peace, to the Holy Spirit. I bow down when my mind, when my mind
1: Fire
2: into, fire, to fire into my soul, fire into my soul to deep places, places. to my soul to
4: be fire to my soul, to be to the blessed, the deep.
0: 2 Chronicles 7.14, you know, we got, if we want to take ourselves to a deep place, we got to surrender everything, we got to give give up it all, we got to give up everything that we're doing and everything that we're going through, we got to give it up, if we want to go to that deep place with the Lord, we got to give it up, so 2 Chronicles 7.14 literally states this, it states this, Turn from sin and all of your wicked ways, and I will give you the blessing, I will give you the glory, and all the things you deserve and pray for. Come on, let's give it to the Lord. Give him all, he
1: deserves all. I've opened, up, I've, opened up, I've 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 opened up, and let it be pleasing to you. I bring your eyes on fire. fire. Come and search, search me freely. Free. Bring your fire into my soul, fire
4: into my soul, fire into
1: my soul, fire into Research my soul. My Deep places, deep, deep, deep places, fire into place. my soul, fire
4: into my soul, fire into
1: my soul.
5: Praise the Lord. You know You know when you when you might have when you were walking into the church, you might have looked on the ground and you might have said, "Wow, what's all these black things on the ground?" And saw some of the shingles from the roof of the schoolhouse from yesterday's winds. And I hope that none of you got you know, nothing bad happened to your homes or lost power or whatever. But I, when I was out there, I, it was so windy and I'm like, this is just crazy. Like, what is going on? And I thought our flagpole was gonna go down. It was going like this. But the Bible says first comes the natural and then comes the spiritual. And as I saw that wind, I thought of Acts chapter two that they heard a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind and that wind of the Holy Ghost came in yeah. and I believe that God said as powerful as this wind, as powerful as this windstorm seems I'm gonna send a windstorm of the power of the Holy Spirit upon my church like they've never seen before, that the wind is going to blow, the wind of the Holy Spirit is going to blow, and it's going to blow in a way that it's going to leave you forever changed. And you know in Acts chapter 2, it says that when that Holy Spirit came in, they were all filled with the the Holy Ghost, and they had uh, tongues of fire above their head, and they began speaking in tongues and and the people said you know what these guys are all drunk because they had tasted something that they never tasted before and it says and peter said that they're not drunk like you suppose didn't say that they weren't drunk they were drunk just not like they suppose and some of you guys know what it is to be out in the world and be drunk But you don't know what it is that take the drink of the new wine of the Holy Ghost and have that fill you up.
1: That'll bring you supernatural joy. We're gonna make
2: We're gonna make
0: A foundation. He's our foundation. He's our solid rock. If we put everything on, if, if we put things before God, we will never be able to stand on that solid foundation. We would never be able to stand on that foundation that holds us stable. When the winds are blowing, when, when the winds are blowing, when the storms are raging, we have to be on that foundation. We have to be on that solid ground. We have to be with God. We have to be in the word. Like I stand So I ask, so I ask as we get ready to do this offering, right, you know, we want, we want, we want things to move. We want, we want the Lord to, to, to to make ways in our lives, right? Are we ready to give it all for our Lord? Are we ready to give it up for revival? Are we ready to give it up for things to be changed in this nation, right? Let's, 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 let's honor our Father. Let's honor Him. He deserves it all. He deserves everything. We are nothing without Him. And if you guys can't see that, we are nothing without Him. This world is crazy. We are not protected unless we are with Him. So let's stand with Him. Let's let's praise Him. Let's give Him everything we have. He deserves it all. He deserves everything. He deserves it. 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 He is worth it. He deserves it. He is worth it. Everything is worth it because our God deserves it.
5: Ushers, you can make your way forward. You guys can be seated. Unless you don't want to, you can keep standing. You can lay on the floor. I really don't care at this point. <laughs> Luke 17. <laughs> Luke 17, 11. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. Luke 17, 11. Now it happened as he went through Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then he entered a certain village. There he met 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, master have mercy on us and when he saw them he said to them go show yourselves to the priest and so as they went they were cleansed and then one of them when he saw he was healed returned with a loud voice he glorified god and he fell down at his feet giving him thanks and it was a samaritan and jesus answered and said were there not ten cleansed but where are the nine were they not found when they returned to give glory to God except the foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. I'll tell you, I, I, know, I know what my life was like before I met Jesus. I don't know about you, but I mean, he changed my life. Uh, a hundred. I mean, flipped it all upside down. I was a mess. I'll never forget what the Lord did for me. And, and I could get up here and I could, you know, I could ask you to give and say, you know, like we have all these projects to help people. I could talk about how your giving opens up a window of heaven. That's what the Bible says. How you enter in a financial covenant with God and you can't outgive them. But today I just want you to think about the things that God has done in your life. The things that God really has done in your life, the way that He's changed you, the miracles that He's done, the times when you thought you weren't gonna make it and you made it, the times when your mind was all messed up, but He gave you a sound mind. All the things that He did for you. Cause I know when I first got saved, I just, you know, I was just there and I was just like, wow, I wish everybody could get this. And I just wanted to give. I wanted to pay for everything. Every time that they did something at the church, I wanted to, I wanted to give more than I could even afford to give. I remember one time I just, me and my w- wife were, were sitting around and, and I, unbeknownst to me, she had saved a bunch of money, get some new furniture. I just got up in front of the church. I said, you know, I said, I'm gonna challenge you guys to give but I'm gonna give the first thousand. I didn't I didn't have a thousand dollars but the Bible says that he'll give seed to the sower. So I said, all right, well I'll give a thousand dollars and I didn't know where it was gonna come from and I I came home and she was just kind of looking at me like here just handing me an envelope and uh you know, the thing about it is you can't outgive God. You keep sowing like that. Next thing you know, you'll get your furniture and then somebody will bring new stuff. You'll get a new TV. You'll get a new everything because God isn't gonna let you outgive him. But I just give from a grateful heart. I, even if I didn't get anything from it, it wouldn't matter to me. Even if he didn't give me another dollar, it wouldn't matter to me. I just wanna see more people get saved. I just want to see people who are strung out on drugs that think that that's what they got to do. They got to stick a needle in their arm to be happy or they need to go down to Fred's Divot and get a extra big mug of Iron City beer. Terrible beer, by the way. Not that I like beer anyway, but... But, you know, they they think that that's how you get happiness. They think they got to get high. They got to get drunk. You know, you got to... You got to live in a big house you got to keep up with the joneses you got to have a nicer car than your neighbor you got to have these degrees it, it, none of that really matters what matters is how, the way that jesus sees you because in the pre in his presence is fullness of joy see it, it's not that that I could quit drugs and alcohol. The thing is, is I didn't want to anymore because I already had a fullness of joy. I was already full. I was satisfied. I didn't have to drink to get rid of my pain because Jesus took my pain away. And for that, I'll be forever grateful. I'll be forever grateful. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for all you've done. We thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your only begotten son. We're not going to be able to outgive that. But, Lord, may what we give just be a, be a recognition that, Lord, we're thankful. We don't want to be like the other people that, that, that got healed, that got cleaned up, that got saved, and then you don't even see them in church anymore. They, they come in church down, busted and disgusted, and then all of a sudden the Lord turns their lives around and you just don't see them anymore. They're gone. We want to be like the one that came back and said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you did in my life. Thank you, Lord, for what you did in my family. Thank you what you're doing in my community and in my church. So, Lord, I just pray uh, that you bless the hands that give, multiply, that they would have an abundance for every good work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh,
0: unlike you, there is none beside you to open up my eyes and wonder. Show. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I I just thank you for what you're going to do in this building today, Lord. I ask that you just allow us to empty ourselves once again, Father, so that we can receive what you have for us this morning, knowing that we won't be shaken as long as we are on your foundation, Father. So, Father, fill us up with your love and your joy today, Lord. Father, I put a special protection upon these kids this morning, Lord, as they get ready to hear and learn your word, Father. Uh, I ask that you allow them to ask questions. They are the ones who are the next generation, Father, that's going to be saving and and, and healing and moving mountains for you, Father. So allow them to ask questions, Lord. Father, give these teachers the strength to uh, teach these kids, Lord. Uh, We are nothing without your foundation, Father. So give them the love and the strength to teach these kids. Allow them to see these kids where they stand, Lord. And allow them to use you to change them change these kids this morning, Lord, and these teachers, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen, 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 amen.
5: Thank you, guys. Is there anybody in here that feel like you need prayed for because you're sick? Might be pain in your body. Is there anybody here right now? Rich, you stay where you're at. Anybody else? All right. Father, I just pray it right now in Jesus' name that you would just heal Rich's body right now. Strengthen his body. Pray against any inflammation. Pray that you would just be healed right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Anybody else? I just pray for this shoulder. I just command healing to come in this shoulder right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed. Anybody else? Did I walk past you? What's going on with you? Back. I just pray right now in Jesus' name that this back would be healed. I command it to straighten in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. How come nobody raised their hand? then once I started walking back, everybody started raising their hand. I just pray wholeness in the name of Jesus. From the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. It's going to be a warmness that's going to come all over your body right now. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Be healed. In Jesus' name. I just pray for every part. Of Nancy's body I just command healing to come into every part of her body knees hips everything to just come into alignment right now in Jesus name thank you Lord thank you Lord all right we might not get to the message today I just pray just be healed in Jesus name be restored command restoration to come to this shoulder right now in Jesus name be healed right now be restored in jesus name praise god praise god there's an anointing flowing in this room that if your faith will rise up to meet it miraculous things will happen in your life We don't, this isn't a philosophy. We don't have a philosophy. That that's not all it is. We have a, we have a, a, an empty tomb and a God who reigns and rules over the heavens, the earth, under the earth. He rules over it all. And he wants to demonstrate his power In these last days but he needs a people of faith faith moves the hand of God faith opens up the windows of heaven and he wants to open up the windows of heaven here on this last day if I missed you we'll come back and we'll get you before it's all said and done I got a feeling this service will be a little all over the place so I hope you guys are ready to roll with things. Hey, we, we, have a, we have Resurrection Sunday coming up pretty soon. If you have not yet been baptized, if you have not yet been baptized, we would like for you to get baptized this Easter. We'd like for you to come and get baptized. So if you... Uh, would like to get baptized, I just want you to, to let me know. If you have somebody who needs to be baptized, let me know so we can kind of prepare for that. Um, just like, you know, that happened. I said, anybody need prayer for healing? Rich raised his hand. There was nobody else. And then you start praying. It's like that on baptism when I say, does anybody want to get baptized? And there's like one dude. Yeah, I'm going to get baptized. And next thing I know, there's like 12 people in swimming trunks. Like, what's up, you know? So if you'd like to get baptized, we, it's, just, it's a beautiful day to do it. it. Shows the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And it's just pretty amazing. I don't know why everybody's not here. I don't know why everybody doesn't give their whole life to Jesus. I don't really understand it and you know a lot of times you want to talk about your faith and people they they don't they don't want to believe it they'll say well i don't i don't believe in it i really don't believe in jesus but you know it's not really hard to prove that there was a man who lived two thousand years ago named jesus of nazareth it's not that it's really not hard to prove i mean somebody will tell me, well, I don't believe in Jesus. I'll say, what year is it? they will say 2023. I'm like, 2023 years after what? I mean, Jesus had more of an impact on all of society. I mean, the whole calendar flipped at his birth. There's been more books written about Jesus, more songs sung about Jesus, more paintings painted of Jesus than any other person who's ever lived before in history ever. You could really say that there's more evidence that somebody named Jesus of Nazareth lived than George Washington, and I don't see a bunch of people saying, well, I don't know about that George Washington dude. I don't know, man. You can make his head into a mushroom or whatever on that, but I don't know. I don't know if he was really alive. Nobody questions him. And, you know, and I, you didn't meet him. None of us met him. It's just history tells us. But, but look at the way, look at the mark that Jesus has left on the world. It's also not really hard to prove that he was crucified. It's not hard. You know, this was was Rome's way of state-sponsored terror, that if somebody rebelled against the yoke of Rome, they crucified people. And all the same historical sources that tell you about Jesus will tell you that Jesus was indeed crucified, that he died on a cross. So we can, we can if, you, if we want to really have an intelligent debate with somebody, it's not hard to prove that Jesus lived. We can also prove that he was crucified. But there's one more thing that's essential to the christian faith and that is the resurrection the fact that he rose from the grave did jesus rise from the grave that's the essential question amen that is the question that everybody has to answer because if jesus did not rise from the grave then our faith is in vain jesus if jesus didn't rise then we're still in our sins and and my preaching is in vain and everything we are doing is in vain but if he did rise from the grave then he is indeed who he said he was and he is lord of all And no matter whether somebody believes in him or doesn't believe in him, the Bible says that a day is coming where every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And so that's the question. Did he rise from the grave? Because I don't know many people that rose from the grave. I don't know about you. But the the early Christians had three main arguments for the resurrection. Number one was the empty tomb. They they laid him in a tomb, and then the next thing they know, the stone was rolled away, the body was gone, he wasn't there. People might say, well, you know, they, somebody might have stole the body. But they had Roman guards around it with seals on the tomb and basically to allow that that seal to be open when it was guarded would mean that the guards would face the penalty of death so i'm pretty sure if a couple disciples came to get jesus's body there was going to be a little bit of a fight and there was no indication of a fight just just an empty tomb so they would say well jesus rose from the grave because the tomb was empty and the other argument that they, they, they really had three main arguments. The other one was the appearances of the resurrected Christ. In the book of 1 Corinthians 15, it says that Jesus appeared to even 500 people at a time. And it says some of them died, but some of them are still alive right now. So at the time of that writing, when Paul wrote that in 1 Corinthians, there were still people alive who witnessed Jesus resurrected just walking around so there was appearances that people said well we saw jesus after he rose from the grave but but people can say well maybe they're lying but the other argument and there there is some but 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 the the third one is prophecy so again first corinthians 15 says this gospel that we preach that christ was crucified buried and rose again according to the scriptures and we know that it wasn't really pointing to the new testament at that time because the new testament was just being written it hadn't been put in and so so they were reaching back to the old testament saying jesus rose again according to the scriptures but but what scriptures because You can't really point to a scripture. Well, you can, but it's not what you think. There's not a lot of scriptures that talk about that Jesus would rise again on the third day. But there is a prophetic prediction about what christ would do and it's not necessarily something that just said well when the messiah comes he's going to rise on the third day it's like we've been talking about it's a shadow it's a type of jesus christ and that's what we've been talking about for the past couple weeks all the bible is about jesus Everything in the Bible points to Jesus. When you get that, you'll begin to understand the Bible. When you understand who Jesus is, then you can look back in the old covenant and see that every story that's in here points to Jesus. And there's only one place where Jesus pointed back at the Old Testament that predicted his resurrection, and it's one of the most interesting stories of the Bible, So let's look at Jesus' words first. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 is where we're gonna start at. We're gonna start at verse 38. Man, I feel... Feel the presence of God in this house today. Verse 38, Matthew chapter 12, some of the scribes and the Pharisees answered saying, teacher, we wanna see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And indeed, a greater Jonah is here. And I just wanna preach for a few minutes with the time we have left, a message called the sign of Jonah, the sign of Jonah. I'm just gonna pray for the message. Lord, I thank, you for, uh, I thank you for being with us. I thank you that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. Lord, I thank you that your presence is strong here with us. So Lord, I just pray that you would anoint me to preach and teach your word that you would lead and guide me in the way that you would want this service to go. Lord, I pray that you would open up the people's hearts to receive, their ears to hear, in Jesus' name, amen. So you probably heard me many times talk about that the gospel is to be preached with signs following. There's both to be a proclamation of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here, along with a demonstration of the kingdom of God being here. So with Jesus, you saw him preaching, you saw him teaching, but you also saw him healing the sick and you saw him casting out demons. That was what he did. You read the gospels, that's how he rolled. So why did the Pharisees, when they said, hey, will you, uh, we want to see a sign. Why did he call them evil if if he was basically would show signs everywhere that he went and preached? I mean, obviously they've already had either witnessed miraculous signs that he did, or they heard about the signs that he did, but... They, they kind of wanted to do they I, I see them kind of doing it in a mocking tone. Like, do a magic trick for me. Come on, Jesus, you showed them a sign. Show me a trick. But but for them to, for, for, for Jesus to listen to uh, what a bunch of religious people and, and be directed by them would take him off his plan. See, Jesus said, I only... Do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. His life was 100% in submission with his Father, he was 100% led by the Holy Spirit, and just like when he was in the wilderness with Satan, and Satan said, throw yourself off this mountain because, you know, the Word says that angels will take charge and won't let your foot dash upon a stone. He said, you don't test the Lord your God. In other words, the devil wasn't going to tell Jesus what he was going to do and when he was going to do it, and neither were a bunch of religious devils either. He was to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's how you, you have an anointing to be led by the Holy Spirit, and as you do what Jesus called you to do, then the signs will follow, but it's not for you to put on a show for somebody, and they wanted him to come put on a show, and he said, no. He said, I'll tell you, you want a sign, I'm going to give you a sign. I'm going to give this whole generation a sign and it's going to be the sign of the prophet Jonah. And that probably messed them up because they probably knew the story but they were like I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. But we're going to look backwards at the story of Jonah and I'm going to try to move through this very quickly. And I think that we're all gonna understand what Jesus was saying as we get through to this. And you may have heard of Jonah and the whale, or you maybe have read the book of of Jonah, but I don't know if you understood it really in the right way. And so I'm gonna read it. And as we go through this, I'm probably gonna challenge what you learned in Sunday school. You know, a lot of the the things that, um, you know, you have different stories in the Bible and two of the ones that are most attacked by people are Noah, right? Noah and his ark and Jonah and the whale. How about Jesus quoted both of them to prove their validity, to prove that they were true. So let's go to Jonah chapter one. I'm gonna read a couple verses. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai saying, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city and cry out against it for their wickedness had come before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish he paid the fare and went down to it to go down to them with Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. What happened? Jonah is a prophet and God speaks to Jonah and says, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach to the people and nineveh was a scary place to go they were a brutal people they would go to places and they would bury people in the ground up to their head and they would just they would just leave them there to die your just head would be sticking out of the ground you couldn't get out it was like you were buried alive they would take whole towns they would cut off people's heads And they would pile them up in a big stack so that when people showed up they they would see i mean just violent people violent aggressive people but god was about to judge them and he's going to give them one chance and he's going to send a man by the name of jonah but jonah decides he don't want to go and I can tell you something, you can try to run away from God, but you can't hide from God. And when you try to run from God, you're going to run into a storm, I can promise you that. Jonah ran away from God. He said, you know what? I'm not going to go there. As a matter of fact, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down a whole different way. I'm going to get on a boat and go to a whole different place. But while he was on the sea, all of a sudden, a great storm kicked up. And it was probably worse than that wind was blowing. I mean, a very violent storm to the point where these very experienced sailors were very, very scared. When God tells you to do something, I'm gonna give you some advice, just go do it. Because when you run from the presence of the Lord and when you run from the things that God called you, he might come after you and he might come after every single thing that is in the way of you and him. And so Jonah, gets into this storm and he's on this ship and, and he's in the storm. And all of a sudden the people that are there, they began tripping and you know, they don't even worship the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. They, they're, they're pagans and, and they began praying to their gods because they're like, we are about to die. And Jonah's just kind of chilling by himself, like just sleeping. And they're like, what are you doing? You need to pray. And they're like, wait, who are you? Where are you from? And he just, you know, he tells them that that he's a Hebrew and, and that he fears the Lord and that he's running from God. So now they're like, all right, now we know why we're in this storm. So they get an idea. If this man's presence is what's causing this storm and we're all gonna die how about we grab them and we chuck them off the side right that should stop it and so that's what they did they decided to grab them and in the middle of this storm they chuck them out to sea and it says when they chucked them out to sea that the storm stopped But I can tell you something that even if you mess up and even if you run from God, God's mercy will still be there. See, that's the difference between discipline and wrath, right? The wrath of God is just, it's just punishment. The discipline is that God will mess up your world so that he can get you right back on track. People don't understand that. You get off track with god if you're his guess what you're his and you can try to run and you can try to grab things of this world and everything will get all messed up because he's trying to get you back on the right track and that's what happened jonah even though he ran from god he was still a prophet and god still had a plan and guess what god's purposes are going to prevail Some of you guys think that you messed up God's plan for your life. Can I tell you something? You're not that strong. You're not that strong. You might have messed up, but the Bible says God's plans for your life will prevail. And they'll prevail over your own rebelliousness and your own stupidity and your own hard-heartedness. God's plans will still prevail. Because Jonah... He did just the opposite. God's like, go preach at Nineveh. Nope, I'm going somewhere else. But they threw him off that boat. And guess what? It says that God prepared a great fish. Now, people say that it was a whale because that's the only fish that they can think that can just kind of swallow up a whole human. But that's what happened. That's what happened. God in his mercy wasn't done with him, but God supernaturally prepares this fish and they chuck him over the side. He goes down in the water and this fish swallows him up. And I believe... This is where I'm gonna throw you for a loop because you guys have probably all been taught that Jonah was hanging out in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. He was in there, but I don't think he was alive. I think he got chucked in that fish. He prayed right before he died, but he died and he was dead floating around in that fish's stomach. I'm gonna read verse two or chapter two, verses one through seven. It says, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me, out of the belly of Sheol, I cried. And you heard my voice. You cast me in the deep into the heart of the seas. The flood surrounded me. The billows and the waves passed over me. Then I've said, I've been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The water surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed in around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought my life from the pit. O Lord, my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Now it says that his soul was in a place called Sheol. And Sheol is a place in the heart of the earth. And that's the place of the dead. And you can read about in... Luke chapter 16, it talks about that the dead went down to a place called Sheol, and and there was a great gulf in between, and the people who were the Old Testament saints, they went to a side called Abraham's bosom, or paradise, and they were comforted. But the people who were ungodly, they went to a place of torment. And that's where it was before Christ was crucified. And I believe that what happened is Jonah, because what did Jesus say? The only sign you'll get is the sign of Jonah. And so his soul left him. He prayed, but his soul left him and his soul went down to Sheol, but God remembered his prayer. And God remembered his prayer and his body might've been in there for three days, but what happened? God heard his prayer and that fish decided to just... Spit him out, and what did he spit out? I would argue that he spit out Jonah's corpse, is what he spit out on the shore. Verse uh, chapter two, verse ten says the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah on the dry land. And verse three says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Arise. Why? Because he was dead. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I will tell you. The whale spits up his corpse, and then God speaks, and the spirit goes back, or his soul goes back into his body, and God says, arise. So he wakes up. God says a second time. All right, now arise and go to Nineveh. He didn't argue this time. And he was probably a little crazy looking after being in the belly of a fish for a couple days. Might have been a little bit pale. That stomach acid might have bleached him totally white. I don't know what he looked like, but he goes and preaches to the evil city. And he preaches the worst sermon ever. It's the worst sermon ever. We can read about it. It says, so Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. And then he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's all he said. He didn't talk to him for a while. I mean, you think when you went through all of that, maybe you'd have a little bit more prepared than just one, one sentence. But guess what? He had probably the worst sermon ever, but it was one of the most effective sermons ever. Because it said literally from that point that the whole city repented. Verse five, the people of Nineveh believed God proclaim the fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh. He arose from his throne, laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes and caused it to be proclaimed and, and published throughout Nineveh the decree of the king and nobles saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them drink, eat or drink water. Let man and beast be covered up in sackcloth, cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Why do you think that they responded in the way that they did? Number one, they seen a dude get spit out from a fish. Number two, they saw a dude's corpse rise from the dead and walk up. And if somebody rises from the dead and starts talking to you, you should probably figure out what they're trying to tell you because it might be important. And so he says, 40 days, the place is going to be gone. They saw it as a miraculous sign. And what happened in that? They all repent. The king comes down from his throne. He takes off his robe from the greatest to the least because he might have been a powerful king in the earth, but he knows who the true king is. And he says, you know what? We're all going to, everybody's going to fast. Even the animals are going to fast. I'm going to take off all, I'm going to take off my clothes. I'm going to take off my robes. We're going to put on sackcloth and ashes, and we're going to just fast, and we're going to put ourselves at the mercy of God. And hope that he relents and guess what God relents God relents and does not destroy the city which makes Jonah mad which is a whole nother sermon on, on in itself why did Jonah get mad how do you see lost people out there do you see them as your enemies or do you see them as people that need to be saved that's the question But Jonah saw them as his enemies, so he kind of went, preached that bad sermon, and was hoping that the whole place would be destroyed. But it wasn't, because God responded to their repentance. Now let's take it back to where we're at, called the sign of Jonah. What did Jesus say? He said that the men of Nineveh will testify against the people of this generation, because there is one greater than Jonah was here. So Jesus is the greater Jonah. Jonah told a wicked city to repent. But Jesus, the greater Jonah, told an entire rebellious world to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jonah died by getting tossed to the sea, but Jesus died on a cross and he's buried in a tomb just as Jonah gets buried in the waters of the deep. The soul of Jonah goes to the lower parts of the earth. And Jesus, during the time he was in the tomb, went to the lower parts of the earth. And we talked about this place called Sheol and how it was the the, the abode of the dead at that time. And there is many compartments actually in what we would consider hell, that's why the Apostles' Creed says that if you've ever been in a church that recites the Apostles' Creed, they talk about Jesus was crucified, he was resurrected, he was buried, he went to hell, right? It says that in the Apostles' Creed. But what did he do when he was down there? What did he do while he was in the tomb for three days? Well, the one thing it talks about in First Peter is that he went down there and he preached to spirits that were in prison. So he literally went down to the place of the dead. He went to Sheol, just like Jonah's soul went to Sheol, he went down there, but he preached victory. He preached victory to the demons that were locked up down there. He preached victory to the people who went before and to all those people who Satan was able to keep captive because the sin debt had not yet been paid. He said, come on, boys, we're about to go home. It says in the book of Ephesians that it, who is it, who is he who ascended except the one who Descended to the lower parts of the earth. That he led captivity captive. They were captive because they were looking forward to the Savior that was gonna come. But the sin hadn't been paid for, so they were in comfort. And so Jesus went down, he preaches victory, and then he leads captivity captive. So David, Abraham, all the saints that were down there, Moses, and he led them back up to where they're supposed to be in heaven. And he took the keys of authority back. Uh, the keys of of hell and death, he took all that authority back. And Jonah gets spit up and his soul returns to his body. But the body of Jesus in the tomb comes back to life. And the, and the stones rolled away. And he rises victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And just as a resurrected Jonah preaches at Nineveh and the people repent, Jesus, the greater Jonah, appears in a resurrected body. And more than just a city repents, all over the world people repent. And they're still repenting. And they're still coming to God. And because they repented in, in, in Nineveh, God relents on destroying the city. But for those of us who repent, hearing the gospel, the wrath of God is no longer on us. All condemnation is removed. The voice of the accuser has been silenced. So what does all this mean? Number one, you have been delivered from the fear of death. If you're a believer and maybe you've been through some struggles and you've been through some pain, guess what? This is the closest to hell that you'll ever get. This is the closest to hell that you'll ever get. It only gets better from here. It only gets better from here. You don't have to have fear in death. And, and there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people that you can hire and a lot of ways that you can be comforted. But there's only one solution to death. And everybody will die. But now that Jesus had went before us as the greater Jonah and he rose on the third day victorious over death, hell, and the grave, because he lives, you and I will live also. He said, he who believes in me will live and never die. Do you believe this? Amen. 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 That's why we don't ever have to have fear over any of our enemies. Because what's the worst thing that your enemies can do? Kill you? Guess what? That's graduation day. Amen. That's why we're supposed to be fearless. And bold as lions because we don't have to have fear and death and also we've been delivered from the power of the devil any authority that he had is over he may have control out there but he doesn't have control in here and he doesn't have control over your life and he doesn't have control over your finances. And he doesn't have control over your families. Because the same authority that Jesus had, he's given unto you and I. And that's what he did. He triumphed publicly over the powers of darkness. It says that if the, the powers of this world had have, have known what was happening, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Any authority that Satan was given by Adam has been taken back by Jesus. You just have to use your authority. And you need to tell him, devil, you have no part in my life. You have no part in my children. You have no part in my finances. You have no part in my church. You have no part in my community. Get your hands off everything that is mine. because he took the keys back keys represent authority finally you've been delivered to live a resurrected life I think a lot of places stop at the fact that all right well we've been forgiven of our sins by Jesus's death but the gospel is that you've been raised to new life yes the old man Is crucified but the life that I live I live to Christ I'm not the same person anymore I'm not the same person as I was when I came to Jesus I'm not the same and you're not the same either all your sin was buried all your shame was buried all your failures all your regrets were buried in that tomb with him and now as he rises you too can rise from the ashes you too can rise from failure. You too can rise from, from the things that you did in life, from your sin. And now the life that you live, you live in resurrection power, full of his power, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the same joy that he has, the same provision that he has, the same peace that he has, the same authority that he has, the same victory that he won is your victory. And when people who knew me from way back when say, well, yeah, I remember how Rick was. I remember how he was. And I I remember him, how much he drank and the way that he acted up and all the things that that he did. I, I know that I remember who the person that he was. Guess what? That old person is not alive anymore. That old man has been crucified with Christ. And he has raised me with new life. And they can look at me and they can look at you and they can say, you know what? I knew that person from way back when. I knew how they how they were. But now, it's not them anymore. They have a fire inside of their eyes that they didn't have before. They have a wisdom. They speak in a way that I never saw them speak before. They talk different. They walk different. They have a purpose. They have a plan. Everywhere they go, the atmosphere changes. It's like blessing chase them down wherever they go and you and I as resurrected lives can be a sign to a wicked and adulterous generation. That's the life that you and I are called to live. That is the life that you and I are called to live. You and I are called to make our lives a sign to this generation. Your life is to be a sign and a wonder. To your generation i don't know what happened to them but man they're not the same anymore they got a different look in their eye they got a different light about them they got a different attitude they don't seem like they're scared of anything this is the life that jesus won for you and i on the cross the life that we're called to live jonah life was a sign jesus's life was a sign your life and my life in resurrection power is meant to be a sign to the world you could just bow your heads maybe you want to start today And maybe you've never given your life to Christ fully maybe you know religion you went to church but you're not fully living out you said I I I don't feel like I'm living a new life that's you it can start today with a sincere heart and a heart full of faith you can be changed in an instant if that's you today And you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I'm not talking about rededication. First time ever. You don't have a time and you don't have a place. If that's you, just slip a hand up. Just slip a hand up and say, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I just want to give that opportunity before we close. Amen. Amen. amen worship team if you want to make your way forward I want you to just take a moment what would God have you do what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you specifically right now today what is God speaking to you think that God wants to do a new thing in your life God wants to do a new thing in your life he wants you to get hold of this thing that nothing is impossible with God you don't you don't have to sit there and settle for You know just what you think you can accomplish in your own efforts we serve a god that is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever dream of or imagine but the way that faith works is you got to take the first step you got to take the first step but once you take that first step god just begins meeting you again and again and again and again and again and before you know it you're like i don't know how i got here but God, but God, but God. There's a reason why Jesus descended because he's going to prove once and for all that the devil doesn't have any authority, doesn't have any authority over him, doesn't have any authority over you and I. But you got to proclaim the authority that you have you have to walk in faith you have to walk in boldness he did the work you just have to enter into it you just have to enter into it if we could stand to our feet we're gonna worship him and if you're here and i missed you this morning and you need you need healing prayer or maybe you just want a fresh infilling of the holy spirit you just need a touch i want to send you out of here fool lord we want fresh fire thank you lord thank you jesus thank you lord can we just close our eyes and kind of put your hands out it's just just a posture of receiving Thank you, Lord. Just enjoy this moment right now. Not, not, not rush through it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We want your fresh fire, fresh fire, thank you, thank you. the holy spirit rest upon you
2: and i just want to i just pray that the lord
5: will bless you and keep you i just pray right now for just a a peace of god that surpasses understanding to be on your life i send you out with the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all powers of the enemy And I send you out with supernatural joy in Jesus' name. Go be the salt and light wherever you go. This service is dismissed. God bless you. Amen.